Well, hello, church family and everyone else that's tuned in today. We just love and appreciate all of you. Thank you for being a part of the Life Church. Uh, we're going to go to God's Word here shortly. I, I want to try and set that up. If you missed last week, I encourage you to go back, listen to the State of the Church, vision forecasting, where we're going in 2021. And, uh, and I know that, that you know, just because we entered a new year doesn't mean that, that uh, the things that we were dealing with they didn't just like vanish and go away. I understand that. But you know what? I believe that as we go through this year, if you'll stay in the Word of God, you'll stay in a close relationship with Him and with the, the local church, you'll be amazed at what will happen transformationally in your life. And so if you're just getting started in this, you've done good. But don't treat it like a, like a, a gym membership where you go for a couple of months and then you're out of there. You got to stay with it to make sure that it truly is able to impact and do everything it needs to. That's part of my concern is right now, just the overall in the pandemic, coming up to the pandemic, we were seeing huge numbers of people coming to church services, large, huge buildings being filled, stadiums being filled for all these major events, and, and lots of people were attending. Well, now here we are on the tail end of the pandemic and we're seeing where, man, people have fallen off. They've like vanished. They're, they're not in church. Over 30-something percent of people that were in attendance, regular in church services, um, aren't watching online, aren't seemingly connected to doing even their own Bible devotions. Um, they're not back in attendance. There has been a huge part of the population that were coming for maybe some kind of uh, experience, for maybe social needs, for certain types of things, but maybe not as a true Christ follower founded in the foundation, the foundation of what they needed to be. Foundations are important. Building trade by 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 you know profession before coming into the ministry while well, still get involved in all that. But there's certain things in a foundation you cannot let out or leave out. There there are certain materials that that you better have in that to have a good strong foundation to support that structure. Jesus talked about that. That you got a you got a a foolish person that built his house on the sand. You got a wise person that built their house on the rock. It's about the Word of God and doing the Word of God is the rock. If, if you're not going to hear and obey, you're like the foolish person built on the sand. And he gave the picture of that. And he said, when the storms of life come and beat vehemently, <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty intensive, on either one of them, on both of them, it wasn't like the one that was built on the foundation, the proper foundation, escaped the storm. No, same storm. But one collapsed that was built on the sand and the other one was able to endure it that was built on the proper foundation. So we're entering a series called Going Back to the Basics. And we're going to talk about the Word of God. Uh, being Spending time in your Bible. We're going to focus on that today. We're going to talk about discipleship, what that means for Christian growth, for worship, for prayer, for outreach. These are, these are foundational things that should be in the life of every believer, of every Christ follower. And if you're, if you're leaving some out, you're missing out. And, you, and, and sometimes you don't, you don't realize that until the storm comes. 
until something happens and you're going, wow, what happened? Well, it wasn't built on the foundation. I'm a foundations guy. I believe in going back to the basics. And, that, and so today I want to try and make that pretty simplistic and pretty basic uh, for us today. I, I remember, you know, coaching uh, some of the uh, younger kids, you know, my kids predominantly, you know, in, in some of those youth leagues and YMCA ball and different things, and I would coach them when they were younger. And one of the things I was always adamant about is the basics. You've got to develop good, if you're going to have skills, you've got to have good basics. How they dribble, how they hold the ball. Oh, those little guys, they used to hate me putting dribbling glasses on them where they couldn't, they couldn't see the floor in front of them, couldn't see the ball. And they were having to learn to dribble that ball without looking at it, looking down. All those basics, they, they work to be able to produce the kind of skills that help you really progress. When I'm watching a great basketball team and, and, and you got, you, listen, I believe skills and good disciplines can always outweigh talent. Now, do you need talent? Yes, but you better have some of the other things involved in that. So, so I pray that, that you understand that same way with the truths of, of God, that, that we've got to have these elements, these good foundation pieces that are a part of our life. So we're going to look at the Word of God. What role does the Word of God have? In our, and I wish I had time to go into all the, all the backstory. You know, we got the Word of God. It, it, it was written over 1,600 years from, through 60 generations, 40 different authors, you're talking about all kinds of philosophers and scholars and, and uh, ordinary people that, that written the Bible, but it was inspired by the Word of God, and it has such incredible unity. All the way through, you just see this incredible unity building out. You see where the projection of, of prophecy looking into the future and speaking to the future and, and, and where people were arriving at that in the fulfillment of Scripture. Just mathematically for that to be fulfilled. Science being proven from the Word of God. You see all of those different things happening there. And, and so when, how we got it and the way it was passed down, it's remarkable how this has happened. And you've got some that would say that it would be extinct, that you know the Bible would go away. And you have all these scoffers and naysayers throughout the years, kind of like Voltaire in the 1800s, you know, when he was like, you know, that by the by the end of his life, you know, it'd be gone. Bible would be done away. And he had his printing press over there doing all of his other stuff for modern. And 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 it's hilarious that Geneva Bible Convention, after he died, bought his home and used his printing presses to print thousands and thousands of Bibles. <laughs> I think God has a sense of humor and God will not be mocked. The Word of God has stood the test of time and it will continue from generation to generation. God's Word is eternal. It is forever. Here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, I love this passage. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired of God. It is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that all God's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every part of your life, the Word of God is there. How, so what do we need to do to, to, to really get the most out of, out of the, your Bibles? And, and I and I'm and I want to encourage you in this. The first thing is is we have to approach the Bible to hear the voice of God. 
We approach the Bible not like a historical book, not like any other book. That Bible needs to come alive and it needs to talk to you. And if it was like with me, it didn't do that until I got born again. When in, in coming into that experience where God's Word, it was like it, it, it had certain significance significance. It could be, you know, uh, you can look at it as poetry and history and a lot of other things. But see, it's about knowing the author, hearing the author of the book communicate with you. So you approach the Bible as being able to hear God's voice for your life. And, and in that, see, Matthew, Jesus spoke this, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. He said, he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So your spirit man has to have the word of God. Just like your natural man needs certain nutrients to live, to thrive, to stay healthy, and your soul, your mind, will, and emotions need certain types of care, certain types of input, in the same way, your spirit man is dependent. It's vital that you feed your spirit man the Word of God. So you approach it to be able to hear God's Word. We know that Romans 10, 17 says, Now faith comes by hearing, and hearing by God's Word. That's how that's produced. you got to hear Him speak to you. The Word of God has to come alive to you. So you got to sit and spend some time in it. Carve it out. Set, a, set your alarm a little early. Spend some time. Well, how do you do that? Number one, just simply devotional reading. All of us need devotional reading. You've got to be able to get into the Word and be able to just devotionally, systematically find some reading program, find something that you just read God's Word. Use the, use the audio book. Go to YouVersion. YouVersion, you know, has great, you know, that's a tremendous app for your devices. And, and you can even, in certain versions, be able to have it play to you uh, in audio. It's a, it's a tremendous tool. Devotional, just Bible reading. Secondly, you need Bible study. And we'll talk some more about this next week, you know, when we talk about discipleship. Um, because it, it, that may come in a group, but it, it can come privately. You need to be able to study the Word of God. There are certain passages, certain things that God is going to illuminate to you in the Word. It may be, a, say, say He's wanting to lead you into a deeper prayer life. And all of a sudden, you're reading through your Bible, and you begin to see some passage about prayer, and it just really stands out to you. And then you're like, okay, I need to dig into that. What does that mean? That's where I think you need a good study Bible. I love Jack Hayford's The Spirit-Filled Life Study Bible because of all the footnotes in the Greek and Hebrew and just the, 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 uh, just the way the application of it and, and the explanation that come with a, comes with a lot of that additional notes for a study Bible, it helps you to really dive deeper into God's Word and the meaning of God's Word. And the, and the last one here is to be able to have Bible meditation, to be able to meditate on God's Word. Ultimately, when we spend time in the Bible and then you find a certain passage and you start meditating on it, it may be, you know, the famous passage, you know, Philippians 4, 9, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're facing battles and struggles at work and different situations. 
but but you have been you have been meditating on that. You have been allowing that to go deeper from just your intellect down deep into your heart to where you face something and all of a sudden out of you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You you begin to there's certain things that if you've spent time and the way meditating works is the picture is is I of course I've got an ag background as well and raising a lot of animals and cows and goats and sheep and they they chew the cud and so so they'll they'll take and as they're eating that grass and taking that intake in they'll 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 put it over there on the side and they start chewing on it and they're chewing on it. And an old cow, they'll swallow, they'll regurgitate, they'll chew on it some more. They're getting all the nutrients that they can possibly get out of it. They're not just, follow, just swallowing it and, and, and letting it go out the other end and move on. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're absorbing that. And that's what meditation talks about. Joshua 1 talks about meditating in God's Word for your success. Psalm 1 talks about meditating in God's Word for your success. You got you to gotta meditate on the Word of God. So the second point of truth here is, so not only do we approach it to hear God speak to us personally, but secondly, we approach God's Word to bring application of the principles, the truths that are found in His Word. So you begin to, I love being able to go through Proverbs. Just in Proverbs, being able to go in a month, you know, chapter 1 through 31. There's 31 Proverbs. You can read those. You can start over. You can do different translations. But you talk about becoming skillful and wise and being able to live life and how you conduct your life. There's just principles. There's truths in there. As you go through God's Word, you look for those truths and you're, you're thinking in terms of how do I apply it? See, Jesus taught this in Mark chapter 4, verse 20. He said, but these are the ones. He's talking about that that word is like a seed. These are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word um, accept it. Look at this. Who hear it. It's not enough to just hear. But you hear the word. You accept it. And then you bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100. So when you, when you are applying the truths of God's Word, it, it, it's like that seed going in there and it begins to produce. Sometimes what you need to realize is when you see a truth and you begin to apply it, you may not just have instantaneous results. Sometimes that is a process. The Bible teaches that the word, that, that when it's sown, that seed, the kingdom of God, it's like a seed. That it, you have first the blade, then the ear, then the full head of corn, uh, a full head of grain in that. All of that is a process. And in the same way, applying God's truths is a process. But in the end result of that, I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. I love what Jesus taught. Again, Jesus taught in John 13, uh, verse 17, now that you know these things, he said, knowing these truths, Jesus was teaching them, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if, oh, that's a little big word, you'll be blessed if you do them. See, it's about application. It's about putting them into practice in our lives. It's not enough to know about prayer. You got to pray. It's not, a no, it's not enough to just know about the Word of God. you got to bring application to the Word of God and all those truths of God's Word to your life. James 1 talks about that. that if, it, the way you're going to deceive yourself is if you have a listening ear and not a doing heart. If all you do is listen and you're not doing any kind of application, you'll, you'll deceive yourself. You're like an individual that looks at himself in the mirror, walks away, and forgets. 
well, what I look like? What did, what did that real picture look like? And you'll mess up in that. And then the last one is we claim, we must claim it, the, claim the promises over for our lives. We must claim its promises over our lives. God's word, see, it, it, the, way, the way this works and it, is it's a couple of things here. It's not a buffet where you can go, well, I'll take a little of this and I'll take a little of that and I'll take a little of this. I don't, I don't want that and I don't want this either. You know? No, the, you can't do that. You can't approach God's word like that. God's word is truth. God says, if you'll do what I say, you'll be blessed. This will work for your life. But if you don't do it, there's consequences. There's cause and effect. And it's not because God's mean God. It's kind of like gravity. You know, <laughs> you know. I heard as I was studying this, you know, that, that uh, you, you think about the canon, you know, the, that, that really is, you know, that, that, uh, that, that standard rod of how we prove out what is, it, what is even in the Bible and how they came about with that. Listen, they really didn't discover that no more than Isaac Newton discovered gravity. I mean, gravity existed. God created gravity. Well, he may have, you know, thought through the process of how that works, but same way. These guys with the cannon, they just, they, they didn't come up with it with that on their own. It, it, God's word is true. It's, it, you, you, can, you can try and tear it down all you want, but God's word is true. I remember in a theological discussion with an individual that's into universalism and all this stuff, all this false doctrine and false mess, and, and, and through that process, they want to argue the word. They want to pick and choose. They want to take this. They don't want to take that. Well, they didn't really mean this, and that really wasn't for us, and this and that. And they go through, and by the time they cut out all the word, and how, do you, how does anybody even find out, well, can you believe God's word or not believe God's word? And, and the age-old thing that I just kept coming back to is, well, before we talk about the Bible, you first got to believe the Bible. You got to believe it's the inspired Word of God. You got to take it as God's Word. And if you don't believe the Bible, I'm sorry, argument over. Go somewhere else and, and, and blow your hot air. If you want to talk about the Bible, you got to believe the Bible. If you want to really get into it. Now, if you are open, can we go through and talk about where it came from and how it's proven and how you know it to be? Sure, we can do that. We can go through that process. But for I'm talking to Christ followers today. It's about God's Word. And here's the other part of that. You can't just somehow see it in the Bible and just automatically go, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll, I'll get it. That's not how this works. God wants us to act on His Word by faith and to begin to claim those promises for ourselves and those things to become a reality in our life. Uh, you read Hebrews chapter 11 and you'll find that all the great men and women of God that, that did, they were ordinary individuals that did extraordinary things. They heard God and they obeyed God and through that process, they basically were laying hold of the promises of God is what, they, what the Word says in Hebrews chapter 11. It says that they acted on the promises of God. This is what God promised. You go back, you think about the children of Israel going into the promised land. That's what we call it, the promised land. They had giants in the land. They had battles to fight. They had opposition, but yet God gave it to them. In the same way, God gives his promises. He wants us to have it, but there is a fight of faith. There's a bad devil, and he doesn't want us to experience everything that God has for us. So you got to lay claim to the word of God. 
Look at this. 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, For all the promises of God in Him, in Jesus, are yes, and in Him, amen. And listen, don't believe all that other hogwash. It doesn't have to be... Amen means so be it. It, it ain't got nothing to do with being man or woman. Amen. <laughs> there are some real idiots out there. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Religious idiots. Anyway, let me just say, amen means so be it. And he says, for all the promises of God are in him, yes, and amen. So be it. Done. Final. <laughs> Argument over. To God for the glory of God through us. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Woo! 2 Peter chapter 4, or chapter 1, verse 4. By which have some have, have, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, these promises from God's word, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How's that happen? See, the verses right above this is talking about the knowledge of Jesus Christ and salvation that that brings to us. How's that knowledge come? From the Word of God. See, if, if somehow you, you're, you're, you're still arguing and you're still going through this and you're not sure about this, listen, you showed up too late to argue with me. See, I, I was raised in a particular religion that was it was filled with do's and don'ts. It had no power of the Holy Spirit. They, they didn't believe in the, in the Holy Spirit as a person of the Godhead. And so there was not that connection, was not that relationship. They had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. You've got to have God's Holy Spirit that is at work in us. And through that process, though, I was, I was messed up. I had habits on top of my habits. I was a partier, living a crazy life. But, but we were sitting around, uh, some of my buddies and I, and, and one of these backslidden uh, Christians that was in the group, um, we were having some discussion about end times and how scary and spooky that was. And they said, well, I'll bet you in the Bible it, it tells everything that we would need to know. So, you know, some of us went and got our Bibles. <laughs> So here we are all messed up, still living a party in life, come in and start reading the Bible. I started reading my Bible and it convicted me of sin. It's like, ooh, I'm not supposed to be doing that. I'm doing that. <laughs> you start reading the Bible, it'll start talking to you. And, uh, and so I'm reading it and so I began to move through this process of saying, okay, I, you know, I want this to become a reality in my life. So, so I start trying to bring some application and understanding in the Bible because there was so much of it I couldn't even understand. But I was approaching it with ulterior motive. It, it was because my heart was not engaged to approach God's word properly. So I wasn't positioned properly to hear God speak to me. And it wasn't until some, some weeks later in this process and I began to get real serious about God. I want your will for my life. I want this to become a reality in me. And what I, what I did is I, over, over the course of, of about three nights, I am seeking God big time. I'm reading the Bible. I'm getting down. I'm praying. I start having these, these encounters with the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until that final night 
I'm very frustrated. I'm very messed up and, and uh, just in a bad place in my life and, and uh, lots, of, lots of vices, lots of bondage. And, and I'm laying there and I'm like, God, can't you help me? Can't you see I want to change? Well, that was part of the problem. I just wanted to change, turn over a new leaf. I, I didn't like the life that I had created through the bad choices, but I would say that I maybe wasn't at a place yet desperate enough to fully come to a place to where I was willing to surrender my life fully to make him Lord, master of my life. And so God was bringing me to that point of decision, to where lordship. You won't find in the Bible a separation from lordship and salvation. So this, this candy gospel that's out there and God just loves me and you, know, and you just go on and live however you want to live is foolishness. No, it's still about true repentance. It's about turning away from things, turning to God, and salvation being connected to submitting your life to allow him to be Lord, master of your life. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The price that he paid was not for some watered-down, low version of, 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 of that truth. No, it is still deny yourself, pick up your cross, come follow me, Jesus said. Anyway, in that, I found myself to where I surrendered. I came to that place. I fully surrendered. I gave it over to him. And in that place, I prayed the most simplistic prayer after I read a passage of Scripture that like illuminated off the page. And for the first time, it meant something more than just words on a page. And it was in John 14, 6 where Jesus was speaking. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. No one comes to the Father except by me. I laid my Bible, I was in bed, I laid my Bible on my chest, and I just simply said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way. For the first time, it really meant something. What Jesus did in the sacrifice he made in the payment of his shed blood, of innocent blood that was shed for me, all of that, it's like it came flooding and rushing in. Of It made sense now. And I knew it was about Jesus. It wasn't about a religion. It wasn't about do's and don'ts. It wasn't trying to turn over a new leaf. It wasn't trying to get cleaned up to come to God. No, it was about me just offering myself and saying, I surrender. And in that moment when I did that, I was born again, transformed on the inside. Vices that had been there for years fell off my life. The, all, my life, the whole trajectory just completely changed. And it was by this working inward of inward transformation, not outward behavior modification, but inward transformation. Why or how? By the Word of God, by God's Word. I want to close with this last passage of Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, the truth, God's Word, the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love uh, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again. So you're only going to be able to do that if you're born of God's Spirit because God is love. You can't do that in and of your own strength and your own self. Born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. How? Through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. Forever, and he goes on to talk about man's life is like 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 the grass, and it it it's fade it's here it fades away it's gone, 
But in verse 25, he says, But the word of the Lord endures forever. Forever. You can lay hold to the promises of God, that last, that last point of truth, whatever it is, over fear, over any battle you face in your life, even over death, hell, and the grave. You can be confident that you can claim that God is giving us eternal life through salvation through Jesus Christ. And you can experience that so that as you, as you exit this life, you enter into the amazing life that God offers in eternity, throughout eternity, in heaven. Oh man, it's, a, it's an incredible thought. And again, all that comes from the Word of God. And you can be assured of that. You can claim that. And I watch people that have that deep on the inside of them. They face death and it's nothing. They just pass right through it because they got a confidence. They got a faith that God's Word is true. Man, it's powerful. We're going to go into a time of worship. And as we do, some of you, you need to right now just say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Some of you may have areas that you've, not, you've, you've gotten out of, out, of, out of step, out of sync. You're not in rhythm with God. There, there, is, there is a flow of, of just unity, and you need daily Bible reading. You need to feed your spirit. There's some things that God spoke to you in this message, and you need to embrace that. During this time of worship, respond to that. Man, I love and care about each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching today. God bless you. See you next week.